We're going to continue our studies on the book of Colossians. Last week, we spoke, we stopped at uh, verse 12. In fact, we got stuck at verse 12 forever. So we stopped at verse 12, and uh, I'm going to have to speed it up. Otherwise, we're going to stay here all year just studying Colossians. There's so much to talk about. But anyways, last week, we stopped at verse 12, and then, this, uh, and then we also spoke about verse 13. The Bible says that He has delivered us from the domain of darkness, and transfer us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. So we spoke about the domain that we are not part of anymore, the domain of darkness which is controlled by the devil, which is like most of the world, unless you're in the kingdom of God, and in that domain you need to really sometimes cut corner, cheat, lie, whatever, just to get ahead, because that's the system of the world, and the people that are not willing to do that, they usually get stay behind, you know. We spoke about those, uh, the very popular idiom is that nice guys always finish last. It is the case because the kingdom of darkness is operating in such a way. If you think about it, all the kingdoms, empires, and major champions of the history of mankind become major champions by literally killing millions of people, thousands of people, hundreds of people. They couldn't have been so powerful if they refused to do the murdering and the killing of thousands and thousands of lives. That's the way the kingdom of darkness had been working all this time. Even in our modern days, politics is evil. You know, People get taken advantage of it. It's, it's so, so for the people who want to be nice, they don't usually get ahead. But you can actually get ahead in the kingdom of God through the power of the Holy Spirit if you're in the kingdom of God. In fact, the Word of God says that for those of us who are believers, He had transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into this kingdom of light or kingdom of His beloved Son or what we call the kingdom of God. But what is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of God? Well, in a kingdom, there has to be a king. So in this kingdom that God talks about, the king is King Jesus. So Jesus is a king. Now in a kingdom, you also need subjects and properties. A king without subjects and properties is just a guy living in fantasy, you know. So I'm the king, you know. But you know, a king needs subjects and properties. Lots of subjects, lots of properties, you know. The, the word of God says that the glory of the king is in his people. In other words, the bigger the kingdom, the bigger, the, uh, the more people the king has, the more influential the king is. So the kingdom needs a king, has, needs to have subjects and properties, but the kingdom also has a system. For example, in this country, Canada is not a kingdom, but you know, it's a country, just think of it as a kingdom. And in this kingdom, you know, if you don't work hard, you still get paid. If you don't work hard, you know, um, you still get paid with this uh, C-E-R-B. Is that correct? C-E-R-B. If you don't, you know, uh, the university students these days, they really are having a great time. You know, I tell you, my daughter is having a fantastic time during this COVID-19. It's like living in a dream. And a lot of university students sitting here are having a great time. You know why? Because they got free money. $15 a month sent to them for doing nothing. What a great system, don't you think? And we got some of you saying, no, 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 pastor, man. We're going to bankrupt this country. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> I am living in Goshen. If you live in Goshen, even if this country go bankrupt, you will still be okay. Can I hear an amen? 
So our riches, our prosperity, our success is not dependent on the country or the system that you're living in. But if you're in the kingdom of God, you are protected. You are in a different system. Another system in this country is that, you know, if you steal something, you go to jail. If you murder someone, you go to jail. That's another system. There's different system. There's a transportation system. You know, you need to get your license. You, you know, in Ontario, there is a system, right? You want to drive. You want to take advantage on driving on the highway, driving here and there, everywhere. You need to go through the system. The system says you have to get a G1 and then a G2 and then a G, right? You have to go through a system to take advantage of all that this country, this province, and this city have to offer. How about the kingdom of God? What kind of system does the kingdom of God have? Well, I'm going to be focusing on talking about the system. But before I do that, I want to talk about how the kingdom of God can reach people. How you can be part of that kingdom. Well, there's several ways that you can be part of the kingdom of God. Mostly, really, number one is the preaching of the word of God. And the word of God is preached and people receive that. And then they believe it and now the kingdom of God comes to them. They're born again. We'll talk about that at the end of the service if I have time. Number two is this. In, in Luke chapter 11 verse 20... You know, the people were accusing Jesus, you know, you're casting out demons by Beelzebub, the prince of demons. And then Jesus, in his answers at the end, he said this, is that, but if, uh, if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, the kingdom of God has come upon you. In other words, every time when there is a spiritual transaction between you and God, that's when the kingdom of God has extended to. The kingdom of God comes to those who receive from God. Now many of you are part of the kingdom of God, but you, are, you really don't know what to do with the kingdom of God. And you just look, you know, they're standing outside looking in. And some people seem to be able to take full advantage of the kingdom of God. Some people seem to have a tough time uh, uh, re, you know, enjoying the kingdom of God. And so they, they struggle, they struggle. It's like some Canadian citizen, you know, after they become citizen, they can enjoy all that this country has to offer. What do they do? They move over to other countries. You know, they, I remember there was one time, you know, a bunch of people, you know, there was some conflict in Lebanon, Lebanon, Leba, Lebanon, Lebanon, Lebanon. <laughs> Okay, you know that country, right? And then all those Canadian citizens, I never knew there's like tens of thousands of Canadians living in that country. They all wanted to come back. They, they like demand that the prime minister send a plane to send them back, you know. And, 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 you know, because they were in another system, it was in conflict. But here is peace and enjoyment. You know, during this COVID-19, a lot of the Canadian citizens are going caught, to get caught up and, and, and not able to come back to this country. They're like in all the different parts of the world. It would be like them, Christian be like them. You know, it, even though they're the citizen of that nation, they cannot 
enjoy the protection and all the good things that are happening these days in Canada. Lots of good things, you know, government writing checks, you know, praise God. But they, they stand there, you know, they have no, uh, they can't take advantage of the, the medical system we have, you know, uh, they, you know, they, they just look from, you know, looking out, you know, looking in from the outside. That's what happened to most believers is that they see what's going on in the kingdom of God. They hear testimonies of the amazing things that God has, is doing in people's lives, they cannot take advantage. Why? Because they don't know how the system works. So I'm going to spend some time talking about the system today so that you and I can take advantage of this kingdom of God that you are supposed to be part of. You know, Jesus, before I talk about systems, he said that when you pray every day, the Lord pray, you pray that let your kingdom Come, you declare the kingdom of God over your lives and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, in order for the kingdom of God to come over you and come upon you, you need to submit to the will of God. Let your will be done in my life. A lot of times we pray that on other people, but we don't pray for ourselves. Let your will be done in Canada. Well, what about the will of God be done on you? It says in earth as it is in heaven. So, you know, a lot of times we just, we, we, we just claim this and claim that. But, you know, God says, you claim that the will of God be done in your life. In other words, you remind yourself that you need to submit to the will of God in order for the system of the kingdom of God to work for you. You know, this, the system that you and I can take advantage of is a vast system. You know, Canada has a very complicated system, but you know, the kingdom of God is like a trillion times more powerful and greater. And so the system is more complex. And so, you know, you and I, when we study the word of God, we learn about the system. I'm going to share with you a few today about the system in the kingdom of God and how it is that you can take advantage of the system and live in it and thrive in it and succeed in it. So, uh, the first thing you need to know is, like I said last week, Jesus, in John chapter 18, verse 36, we're going to pull that up. And Jesus said that my kingdom is not of this world. Remember last week you spoke about Jesus being tried by the Pilate, and the Pilate said, are you a king? And Jesus said, yes, I'm a king, but my kingdom is not of this world. A lot of times we're trying to compare the things of this world to the kingdom of God. You can't compare it. A lot of times we like to follow the world and we call it the kingdom of God. We try to use the system of the world and we call it the kingdom of God just because we slap the name of Jesus on it. It doesn't work that way. The kingdom of God is not of this world. It cannot be of this world. What does it mean? It means it's spiritual. The kingdom of God is spiritual. Everything that we get involved in in our lives, you can either you deal with it spiritually or you deal with it with like the rest of the world, with the system of the world, with the flesh, with the intellect, with the reasoning. Go to the next scripture, please. In Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. Right? We're talking about the kingdom of God. Jesus, uh, the Paul Apostles say that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. 
We wrestle. In other words, we don't contend in flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Now, we use these scriptures oftentimes in the past for spiritual warfare. You know, going to the heavenly places, casting demons down, praying for praying for the city, and that's correct. That is true. But that is not limited just to spiritual warfare. In this context, you, uh, you and I need to know that we wrestle whatever that you wrestle with, it's spiritual. Turn in your elbow and just give a nod. You just can't say anything, right? Just give a nod. Amen. Whatever you deal with is spiritual. Whether it's in your business, your business is spiritual. You can do your business by the ways of the world or you can do your business spiritually. Every rest, everything. You got a problem with your boss? You can deal with it like the world. But the Bible says it's actually spiritual. How, how about just dealing with the problem, the issues, the relationship at workplace? Spiritually, dealing, dealing with it spiritually. You know, you got a problem financially. A lot of people say, you know, a problem financially. Oh, we got to have to save money. Yeah, you do all you need to do. But I tell you, the most effective way is to deal with it spiritually. And you've learned how to deal with and manage it and how to thrive spiritually in your finances. You can do the things of the world or you can wrestle it spiritually because that's your advantage. That's where the kingdom of God is. That's where you get your advantage. You want to advance, you want to have a relationship, you got a relationship issue. Let me tell you this, a lot of people think relationship issue is just emotional. I'll submit to you that it is spiritual. Every relationship you have, it's spiritual. You know, have you ever heard of people saying, you know, it's just a chemical thing, I just don't like you. I just don't like that person. It's not chemical. Well, that's some chemical reaction. Go, no. They, they said it because they cannot explain why one person like the other person and the other person they don't like. There's some people you feel like your bosses have such a favor over. And you think it's a good look, so they're whatever. But it's spiritual. Everything is spiritual. And therefore, if you want to take advantage of all the struggle you have and have victorious, being victorious in your struggle, you need to get into the spiritual and wrestle it spiritually speaking. Don't do what the world do or else you will be like the world. You cannot do what the world do and expect different results. If you do what the world do and just slap the name of Jesus on it and say a prayer or two over it, it ain't going to help anything. Your struggle, my struggle, your wrestle, wrestling and my wrestling is not the blood, flesh and blood. It's spiritual. And so whatever that you deal with is spiritual. And therefore, that's why in 1 Timothy just chapter 4, verse 8, I'm reading from the New, Good News Translation. I think it's more accurate. <clears throat> it says, physical exercise has some value. You know, I used to think physical exercise is working out. Maybe it is, but in this context, isn't you know physical exercise have, have that very little value. And in this context, is you know Paul is telling people that the, uh, is, is teaching Timothy or instructing Timothy that listen, man, there are people that are coming to the church and try to get people in the church to work out different rules and traditions and observing moon, new moons and different festivals. Try to make a spiritual exercise, a physical exercise. 
You know, you need to fast ten times. You need to pray ten times. You need to, you need, you, you need to do this. You need to do that in order for God to accept you in His kingdom. So, you know, you do things spiritually, as physically. In some culture, you know, some of you come from their culture, you know, or on Easter, you know, they whip themselves at the back until it's all bleeding at the back. They're taking what is spiritual and they make it a physical exercise. And Paul is saying, it has some value. You know, fasting has value. You know, um, uh, uh, um, some, of the, some, some of the physical things we do, it has some value. But really, if you want the biggest bang for the buck, it's actually spiritual. Spiritual exercise, spiritual training is valuable in every way. Because it promises, it promises life both for the present and for the future. That is after you passed away. Spiritual discipline, spiritual training is the key for you to succeed in wrestling things spiritually. Some of us are so weak spiritually that we don't even know where our spirit is. How can we wrestle spiritually? You think COVID-19 is a physical thing? Some people think, oh, it's a political thing, you know, it's, it's whatever. I don't know what it is, but I know that everything is spiritual. Everything you see and you confront is spiritual. If you just deal with it with human fear, you are afraid of this, you're afraid of that, then you'll be like the world. Many people are so afraid of, you know, I heard people say they're so afraid of having vaccine. I like, I have no problem. This isn't going to track you down. Track me down then. Oh, they're going to send you to jail and cut your head off. Shandai! Jesus already promised in this world you should have what? Come on, talk to me. In this world you have what? Tribulation. Why are you trying to run from it? Yes, He's going to bless you. Yes, He's going to honor you. Yes, He's going to do a lot of great things for you. But guess what? Your faith will face persecution and tribulation of the world. Why are you trying to run away from it? Why fighting it? Don't pre- don't 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 shout me down when I'm preaching real good, guys. Oh, it's so quiet this morning. We try to avoid this, avoid that. We're thinking like the world, you see. Don't think like the world. The Bible says our training have to be spiritual. Like for one, from one of the training I'm talking about is speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues may give zero physical value. But it has tremendous spiritual value. That exercise of speaking in tongue, if you just do it 15 minutes a day consistently, it'll change your life. If you can't do it 30 minutes, one hour, it'll change your life. It changed my life. I'm still doing it every day. That's right, every single day. I'm not boasting. I'm just trying to make, you know, just try to lead, try to give you an example. Don't just do what I say, do what I do type of thing, right? Speaking in tongues is one of the most powerful tools, spiritual tools that God has given you and I. And that training, man, use it. Train yourself to be able to pray in the Spirit longer. Pray in the Spirit consistently. Man, I tell you, open a whole new world for you. But anyways, let's move on. Another characteristic of the kingdom of God or the system is this. Next, next, uh, next scripture, Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Are you here this morning? Are you learning something? Okay, now this is the kingdom of God here. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, 
peace and join the Holy Spirit in context Paul is talking to the people <coughs> in, uh, in, uh, in Rome and because there were a lot of fighting about what you can eat what you cannot eat the word of God says that what you know God says to Peter what I have cleansed you cannot call it unclean and God has cleansed all the food that, that, that he showed uh, 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 Peter and so a lot of religious people will come in and say you know you shouldn't eat pork you shouldn't eat shellfish you know the only thing that you cannot eat the Bible says is blood or meat contain blood and the reason is because there's life in the blood if you if you drink blood you're drinking life in fact the Bible tells us that even the blood can cry out to heaven he said well that's human blood blood has life that's why God says you cannot eat blood because you're eating life you can eat the meat but don't eat life that's the only thing you cannot eat you know there was a sister you know when I was a young pastor you know she was in my youth group you know and and uh, and then after you know she was a young adult really young after 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 we finished youth or whatever went out to eat together you know and she just got saved you know and in the culture you know they eat blood many of our culture you know the culture you come from you know uh, the yeah, blood it's, 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 it's it, blood eating it's true for every culture right every culture and uh, you know, you, you talk to the Irish, they like to have blood pudding or whatever, right? So bl- blood is, is every culture. But you know, so but the Bible says don't eat blood because it's paganistic and there's life in it. Anyway, so so we went out and eat and we sit down. Some of you heard the story before, and and uh, so you know, I, and then she ordered this meal that full of blood, you know, all blood everywhere, right? And and uh, blood pudding, you know, chop it up and really nice. And and uh, I didn't want to say anything initially because I thought I let her enjoy her last meal, then I tell her the truth, right? And so she finished a meal, and I said to her, hey, you know, Acts 17 tells us that um, there's life in the blood. You, you should not eat blood. And you could see the countenance on her face. She was so disappointed. It's like, what do you mean? This is my favorite. She literally said, this is my favorite. You mean I can't eat it for the rest of my life? You know, that's the only thing you can't eat, right? She was telling me she's not going to go out to eat with me anymore because she doesn't want to know about anything else she cannot eat, right? But I tell you, the the truth of the matter is that the Bible says you can eat everything except that. But there are religious people tell you, don't eat this, don't eat that, it's not clean, not sanctified. May I tell you, I eat anything. You put it in front of me, I eat them. Praise God, I have the freedom. You should have the freedom too in Jesus' name. Are you here this morning? And that's why you come to the Freedom Church. You don't come to legalistic church. It was for freedom that Christ has set you free. Live in that freedom in Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Don't fear this. Don't fear that. Oh, this, that, and everything. You do what you have to do to be healthy and take care of your health. But in Jesus' name, you're free already. He set you free. Live in that freedom. Don't be bound by any rules, traditions of men. And live free in Jesus' name. So it's not about eating and drinking, but it's about righteousness. We talk about righteousness in this church. Well, who is the righteousness of God? You are the righteousness of God. We want to discuss that. How is it that you're the righteousness of God? We want to celebrate the fact that God is so good and His grace is so vast that He had made you His righteousness. Wow! You're righteous in your spirit from day one. Even if you fall short of the glory of God, your spirit that is fused with the Spirit of God is still righteous. You're a lifetime, in your lifetime, you want to align your soul and your flesh to your spirit. Then that's where you learn the Word of God. 
But your spirit is perfect. In fact, your spirit need not anyone to teach you. Your spirit knows everything when it fills with the, with the spirit of God. That's what a born again experience is all about. Your soul may be struggling, your memory may be struggling, your flesh may be struggling, but as far as God is concerned, under His blood, your spirit is perfect. And that's why He allows His spirit to continue to be fused through your spirit, even when you have backslide. Anyways, that's another topic for another day. So it's about righteousness. It's about peace. Make sure you have peace with the brothers and sisters in the Lord. You know... You know, a, a, a brother was asking me yesterday, you know, should I just straighten this brother up? You know, his theology is completely out the wall and it's just an unfactual, you know, why, you know. I see, you can try, but make sure you stay in peace. Paul the Apostle said, don't get involved in foolish arguments with people. They think that it's not important, I won't argue. That's why I don't say anything. Sometimes I see some of those things that people say and post, I, I just keep quiet. In my heart, I totally, strongly disagree. But hey, for peace, Shandai, I just smile. Praise the Lord. And I wish every believer would be like that. Instead of insisting, my way, my way, my way. You got to hear my truth. Otherwise, you are lost. Really? We are saved by the grace of God. Through faith. That is not of yourself. But it's a gift of God. So I'm going to keep peace. Another thing is that everything has to be peace governed. Every time when you make a decision, there is a check in your heart. There's, there's not a peace. Don't do it. A brother said to me, you know, Pastor, I just don't feel peace about making the decision this week, just this week, a couple of days ago. I said, if you have no peace, don't do it. Because you're going to regret it. Because the Holy Spirit is trying to show you something. Anyway, it's about peace. Let the peace of God rule and reign in your heart, the Bible says. And joy. Man, I tell you, this... This church ought to be the most joyful place in the planet, right? Some people, man, they walk to church. It's so sorrowful. Oh, do I have to go again? Do I have to go to church? There are people that are actually celebrating and rejoicing over this COVID-19 season because they don't have to come to church. It's like, oh, praise the Lord, I don't have to come to church. Okay, I want to talk to this camera. I want you to listen to me carefully. You don't have to come to church. God loves you as much by staying home watching on YouTube. In fact, you don't even have to watch on YouTube. God loves you as much. Coming to church is not something you have to do. When it comes to the point that you have to, Something is up in the spirit. Something is not lining up in the spirit. Fix that. Don't try to come to church to please people and impress people. Because you will not go very far. Because one of these days you're going to go, I'm out of here. So I might as well just bite the bullet and just, just, just deal with it right now. You see, we all, I believe, we all come to church because we want to. We love to. We can wait. Even with the danger of COVID-19, here we are. Look at this balcony everywhere. Amen. You come to just because you, you love to, right? Can I hear an amen? You see? 
Now, if you don't want to come to church, nobody's going to judge you, especially in this church. No, there's therefore no condemnation for those of us in Christ Jesus. Now, I see some of the leaders, some of the people that are related to me are pretty worried now. They're cringing. I was like, don't say that. Nobody's going to show up next week. Listen, I know you didn't come because you have to. And be, but if you come because you have to, I want to set you free now in Jesus' name. I do. You can have the peace of God in you. But you know, coming to church ought to be the joyous thing. Ought to be, ought to be more fun than going to the most amazing party in the world. You know? And that's why we come every day. You know, I, I woke up at 6 o'clock this morning getting ready to come to church. I was so excited. It's like, you know, do my hair. Get all dolled up. I don't doll up, but get all, get all ready so I can come to church. You know, I was so looking forward to see you, you know, to, to, to talk to you and to hang out, you know, after the service, you know. And, and even though it was so hot, you know, just now it was so hot after the service, the first service, it was so hot out there and people just hanging out didn't want to leave. It's like, wow. That's amazing. Why? Because we have discovered the true joy in the presence of God. That's why we come. That's why we celebrate. That's why we're with each other. But if you don't feel that, man, please don't feel obligated. Please, just, just be, be, be thankful. We love you as much. Just join us on YouTube, you know, whenever. Just join us on YouTube and, and God just loves you so much. Anyways. Alright. So, now, there are more secrets in the kingdom of God. Am I totally out of time? What am I, when am I supposed to... I, I, I keep asking this question. 11.30? Okay. We're going to cheat a little bit, okay? Is that all right? So I can finish it just a little bit. It's tiny, okay? Now, uh, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close soon. I think, you know, praise God. So, you know, um, the kingdom of God is being revealed everywhere in the Bible. And if you look at the Old Testament and New Testament, the kingdom of God is constantly being revealed. And the benefit is that we can actually take advantage and how to learn how to work in the kingdom of God and work the system, if you may. For example, in the Old Testament, you know, in the Old Testament, I was studying in Chronicles and Kings, is that all these kings, especially in Judah, the nation of Judah and Benjamin, is the, the king of Judah. You know, every time when a king turned to the Lord, God blessed them, blessed them, blessed them. And then every time they turned to something else, God just, just leave them alone and they start losing and people attacking them and losing wealth. You know, one generation will be super rich, next generation super poor, one generation super strong, next generation super weak, you know. And then there will be time that God is really mad at them for taking the blessing of God, watch this, and try to use it to hire people and armies to protect themselves. So the kingdom of God is this. You know, I was asking the Lord, God, you know, this is so inconsistent. Why up and down, you know? Why up and down? And the Holy Spirit is telling me that the reason that this, this chronicles and kings are there is to reveal to you, watch this, for you to prosper in the kingdom of God is not to be independent from God with the blessing He gave you. Did you get that? We are not to be independent from God using the resources He had blessed us with. Some of us have so much money, God has blessed you so much, then you say, I don't need God anymore. I got my goods. I don't need to serve God. I don't need to love Him as much. He's blessing me now. And in what you're doing is that now you are leaning on the blessing of God rather than God. 
And God was really mad at the king who did that. Is that he hired soldiers from the resources God had given them. And God says, I will destroy you. What does it tell me? What it tells me is that when it comes to the kingdom of God, in order for you to prosper, He may bless you with all kinds of resources. Your heart and my heart still must lean solely on Him. He may tell you to use your resources, but unless He does so, don't even touch it. The blessing is there. Don't need to use it. You know, but God bless me with all this blessing so that I could use it. Says who? You don't have to use it if he didn't tell you to use it. Save it. Go invest it in Tesla or something, you know. Ask Godfrey. Ah, see, I'm talking about your name now. You're paying attention. <laughs> oh, look at that. But anyways, so, you know, so, so that's the kingdom of God. It's to be totally and wholly dependent on him all the time, not on the resources and blessings he gave you. Now Jesus in the New Testament, in all the parable, he also tried to reveal both the Father and the kingdom. The Father and the kingdom. You, you see that sometimes, you know, oftentimes in the parable, he will say this, the kingdom of God is like this. Then he will proceed to talk about the parable. Let me give you a couple of examples. In, uh, in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44 to 46, that's one of the things of the kingdom of God that you need to know of. Okay, so Matthew chapter 13, verse 44 to 46. Here, Jesus is talking about what? The treasure hidden. 44, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and covered them up. And his joy, he goes and sells all. Everybody say all. All that he has and buys that field. Next verse. Same idea. Again, the kingdom of heaven is a merchant search for the fine pearls. 46. Who, on finding the pearl great, of great value, went and sold all they had and bought the, the what? The, the, the pearl. That's another principle of the kingdom of God. This is one of the many. He said, what principle is that? Well, it's very simple. In the kingdom of God, if you, want, if you want the kingdom of God to work for you, it's either you go full throttle or don't even worry about it. You get that? A lot of us like to leverage, hedge, Sitting on the fence just in case. That's why Jesus said to the rich young ruler, sell all that you have. And uh, the young ruler can't do it. He turned away in sorrow. And Jesus said, it's easier for Camel to go through the eye of the needle than the rich man go into the kingdom of God. Why? Because in the kingdom of God, it's either you go all the way, or don't worry about it. You're saved already. Just, just, just wait till you die and go to heaven. But if you want the kingdom to work for you, on this earth, in this lifetime, you need to go all out. Some people, they serve God just one-tenth of their heart. God, I give you one-tenth of my heart. That's my tithe, the tithe of my heart. I tie my heart to you. It's all or nothing. Well, that's pretty awesome. Well, let's move on to the next principle. Let's give you another one. Uh, Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 to 32. This is another amazing principle in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. Next verse. It is the smallest. Everybody say smallest. Smallest of all seeds. But when it's grown, it's larger than all the garden plants. Wow, look at this. 
The kingdom of God is not about how you start. You know, there's a saying, don't despise the small beginning. A lot of us make judgment call by what we see now. But what the kingdom of God is and what God does is that He doesn't see what is now. He sees what potentially could be for you in the future. When I was a young man, I always make decisions about people's lives based on what I see. As a pastor, you know, a person that, you know, just don't love God, you know, very quiet, not enthusiastic. Or, uh, they, they, they may even love God, but they're not really showing it because they're, they're people that have stoic face. They don't go excited, right? They don't go, ah, right? And then I say, oh, maybe he hasn't been touched by the Lord. He probably won't last long. And then you see some of those people that are all emotional. Whoa, you know, very emotional. They talk a lot. They shout a lot. They're like, yeah, man, you know, you know. And they have a lot of theories, a lot of, a lot of things to say, you know. And, and they seem so enthusiastic. You go, wow, I think that's a great future for this person. I'm 52. I've seen enough that I can tell you that it's not the case. But I want to tell you this. You cannot judge what you see now. You and I need to believe that God has all the potential planted in a person's life. That if they would heed the call of God and walk in His way, man, they could be the largest of all plants in the garden. So what? They look like they are poor. They don't have education. So what? They look the smallest. But boy, I tell you this. If God is in it, He's going to cause that seed. It's going to grow and it's going to be the largest plants. That's the king of God. That's the system that you're part of. So do not despise the small beginning. Some of you have jobs that are so insignificant like a mustard seed. But I want to tell you this. If you could sow it, plant it, release it into the hand of God. Man, He's going to make you the next CEO of the company if you may. You know, I was, uh, I always, some of you invest, and, and when I invest, I, you know, I invest in a lot of Canadian banks, and, and uh, uh, some of the CEO of the banks, if you were to study the biography, like they're the CEO, they didn't start off as a CEO. In fact, I remember one time there was this guy, you know, he was a CEO, you know, I think it was Bank of Montreal, and I was studying him, that was quite a number of years ago. He actually started at the bottom of the bottom. You couldn't get any more bottom than him. And he started there. Can you imagine if people had written him off? You know, he got good friends there. It's such a, you know, you have no future and written it off. And I'm sure people had. They probably regret it immensely that now that he is a chairman and CEO of one of the largest banks in this country. Do not despise the small beginning. So what you're struggling today. So what you're having problem having a breakthrough. But I know the seed of the word of God has been planted in you. And that you are yourself an amazing seed that have amazing potential. That's the kingdom of God. I got one amen. I'll take that in Jesus name. Don't judge the size of the seed. You know, I'm just going to close here. Every Sunday we come here. We are learning how the system works. What I want to encourage you is not just learn how the system works. Apply what you learn. Because if you don't apply what you learn, you must well take that time and listen to good music. 
Are you here this morning? If you find that this teaching is great, I love it. But listen, don't just listen to what I say. If you can apply it, I know it's going to do great things for your life. You're going to be blessed because God loves you so much. He had invested in you. He had planted in you greatness. People around you may not see it. But if you apply the truth and the principle, I know that you are going to explode to become the biggest of all in the sphere of your influence. Let me close by this. In order for you and I to thrive in the kingdom of God and operating in the system, you need to pay attention to the two things that is really common being used by devil to take us out of the kingdom of God. That is our emotion around us, the emotion we have through our senses and physical feelings or events in the world. These are the two that had caused so much distraction that had distracted so many believers who had been on the right track because of the care of the world. They completely got taken off track. And before you know it, they're struggling like the rest of the world. God has called you to rest. And in His rest, He will give you great success if you will just follow His principle that He'd given you and that you operate in a system that you are part of as a born-again believer. If I could ask you to all stand together, let me conclude with this. Jesus said this one thing. In John chapter 3, verse 5 to 8, Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. The key to enter into the kingdom of God is being born again. I'm going to ask you to all close your eyes in this place. And I also want to speak to the people who may be watching. If you have not been born again, born of the Spirit of the water, it doesn't matter what rules you try to follow, it won't work. You say, I'm not too sure I'm born again. Well, this is your opportunity. With every eyes closed and every heart bow, every head bow, I will ask people here, if you have not been born again, are you not too sure you've been born again? And those who are watching, you're not too sure you're born again, born of the Spirit and born of the water. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that today. Because only those who are born of the Spirit of the water, born again, can enter into the kingdom of God. And if you are the ones that you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Every eyes closed, every head bowed. I want you to raise your hand up and say, pray for me. Amen. That's one sister over there. Anybody else? That's one sister over there. Praise God. Anybody else? Oh, that's one brother over there. And for those of you who are watching, this is your opportunity to give your heart wholly and, and completely unto the Lord and being absolutely sure that you're going to be born again. And it's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to pray to pray with me with all your heart. I'm going to go slow. I'm going to ask the people in this congregation to follow me too so that we can help those who have their hands raised. 
And this is what I want you to do. Just follow what I say very quickly, and then we're going to close. Heavenly Father, I want to receive the experience of being born of the Spirit and of the water. You said only those who are born again, born of the Spirit, born of the water. Can enter into your kingdom. I desire to enter into your kingdom right now. I want to receive you. I know that if I confess my sin, and go ahead and just confess that. Give you a few minutes. If I confess my sins, you will forgive me of all my sin. Your word says, "If I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that you are Lord and Savior of all, I will be saved. I will be born again." So now, I want to tell you. Though I'm doubting a little bit, I choose to believe, and I'm confessing now with my mouth: You are Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Father, I pray for everyone who had prayed that prayer sincerely, either on the internet. Or here, that you will answer that prayer. I know you have. That they are born again. I thank you for your response in Jesus' name. Amen.